0: How many of you are stressed tonight? Raise your hand. Holy cow, that's like everybody almost. Well, take out your Bibles. We, we need to hit this. You, you know why the Lord laid this on my heart? Because I know what it means to be stressed. I, I, I've been there. I know the feeling. I know the effects of it. I know how it gets to you after a while. And uh, the, the thing is, we're going to explain this. You cannot live in this world, you cannot live this life and not experience stress. So this isn't a message about how to escape it. There is no way to escape it. It's a simple part of life. It, and if I was to define it, I thought about what, you know, what the different definitions are. The word stress, or to be stressed, means being pulled beyond your limits, okay? It's being pulled beyond your limits. All right, so we all know the concept of a rubber band, okay? Uh, You know one of the greatest fears? Have you ever gotten to a competition with somebody pulling this and you're afraid of it snapping back in your face? Have you ever been snapped in the face with a rubber band? And The idea is this is made to hold and do so much. Now, the thing that I want you to get, it's made to be stretched. That's the purpose of a rubber band. In your life, if you got the idea that you're never going to be stretched, you're never going to have difficult times, or family coming over, in-law issues, or going through a time of grief or whatever, I promise you, that's going to come into your life. There's no way, I lost my room, there's no way to get around it. It's just part of life. But where we get stressed, or we feel it, we feel like we're at that point where I can't take any more. I'm at my limit. If I have one more thing, if I have one more problem, I, have, I, I can't, I don't have enough time to handle whatever you're going to give me. I don't have enough money to pay whatever is going to come up next. I don't have enough patience. I don't have enough whatever. I am totally maxed out. Our minds go into the mode of what am I going to do. And it's not just during the day. You lay down at night. You're trying to figure out how am I going to fix this? Where am I going to get the money? How am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? How I, 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 and the thing is we're, we're terrified of failing. You think about it. that that's what it is. I, I don't want to let my kids down. I don't want my boss down. I, I don't want to let the church down. And it gets to us. It eats us alive. It pulls us so tight. I mean, hit home. I, I want you guys to listen to this. It pulls us so tight that we cannot think straight. We don't think right. You know, you know, and everybody says, Well, you just trust God. And I, when you're here, how many people are like, Oh, God is so good? You know? No, I mean, you, you, you can pretend all you want, but I, I know good people that I've heard incredible messages and preach about the power and the goodness of God. And they get to that point and they're whining, complaining like everybody else. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and so much for the casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Do you know that stress is actually a sickness do you ever look it up to see the effects? And I'm not, you know, I'm just saying, I'm stressed, I've got a headache. It goes far beyond there. In our health, there's blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, all these different things that come as a result of stress. These are medically proven things that come into our lives. But I'm not just here to talk about that. Because the truth of the matter is when you're stressed, it affects us in our spiritual life being. It affects our testimony. It affects our witness. It changes you. Let, let me tell you ladies, you don't have to know this. When your husband's stressed, he's not the same guy. And you're, you're not all excited when he's, when he's got that job or that project at work and you're just dreading him coming home because you know he's going to be stressed. It affects everybody. He comes to the door, kicks the dog, yells at the kids, complains about dinner, everything, nothing's right. Every negative comment uh, comes out of his mouth. He's watching TV and he's just negative about everything. And it robs us of our joy and gets to the point where nobody wants to be around you. I know this. How many times do you get into a debate with somebody or, or talk about something and they come back and say, man, I'm sorry, I'm just so stressed. I, I, I can't handle it anymore. I can't even enjoy life. I want, to, I want to point some things out with this. God does not desire for us to live this way because it affects our service. It affects our attitude to the point where if you're stressed at work, I promise you, you're not showing the joy of the Lord. You're not witnessing to other people. Nobody desires to be around you. Kids come home and say, I tell you what, my daddy's always upset or my dad's always a grouch. And you say, well, you don't know how stressed that is. I tell you, our kids are going to grow up with that. They're going to grow up with the idea that my dad worked this job or my mom and dad were involved in this. And they were stressed out all the time about money and everything else. Here's the thing that comes after that. When you're stressed, you seek relief. You seek relief. I cannot tell you guys how many stories come as a result of somebody in their life saying, honestly, I picked smoking back up because I got to the point where I was just so strung out and so stressed that I went to that. I started drinking or I started overeating or I started going back to whatever it was. People even use pornography and everything else as a release any temporary fix to try to get your mind off of it but you realize what all of those things are is the work of the devil to pull you down even further you say why are you saying all this because it's creeping into all of our lives that's that's why i wanted to ask you guys beforehand because if we were to go around and say how many of you are stressed and half the church raised your hand now if i went and say how is it affecting you we'd all have a story and the sad thing is, it might, it might be more of your spouse telling the story than it is you, because you don't even realize what it's doing to your life. I had a well-known pastor that I knew growing, growing up with that got into a lot of trouble, and I stood back and said, how in the world? Then I thought of a testimony that he had, talking about the everyday pressures that he had in his life that were beyond description. See, the thing is, when you get exhausted and you, get, you start getting bitter, you start getting desperate. I'm going to turn to a couple of passages, but I'm going to take all of my points from one passage. But I want you guys to look at a story with me, and I'm going to show you some people that were stressed. Mark 4.35. Mark 4.35. Now, I, you guys know the, the disciples, they followed Jesus, they knew that they were with Jesus, they were in the very presence of Jesus. And in this story, it talks about an encounter that they, they got into a situation that was beyond their control. They were maxed out. They were stressed. And the Bible says in Mark four thirty-five, In the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. And when they had sent the multitudes away, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with them other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they wake him, saying, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Can you imagine being the dude that woke Jesus up like this? I, I mean, because it doesn't say they were like, hey, Jesus, hey, if, it says they shook him, Lord, do you not care that we're going to die? You say, how did they get to that point where it's not this loving cry out to them? Because the thing they thought they had it all okay. They, they've been on the water. I mean, this was part of their everyday life. But notice what it says. Verse 37, there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat uh, uh, into the ship that it was now full. Let me put it like this. Here they were. They, they were maxed. We're okay. We're okay. It's all right. Guys, we've seen storms like this. And to the point where he got to the morning, light, like, Jesus, do you not care? We're going to die. And you lay there sleeping like it's no big deal. Storms are part of life, and life causes stress. Bills, job, traffic, deadlines, marriage, kids, in-laws, all of it. But the choice is we either learn to control stress, or stress will control you. You either learn to control it, or it will control you. So here's how we deal with stress. Matthew eleven 28. I'm going to take all three of our points from this. And and I, I don't want to get so cliche, but I'm telling you now that these things that I'm going to teach you, you're going to say, well, I know that. It's not a matter of knowing it. It's applying it. Dealing with stress. This is the teaching of Jesus. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. I just described everybody that raised their hand. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Lord, as we study this passage, Lord, help it to convict our hearts. Because, Lord, you are speaking this for the very reason that we are applying our lives to this, these things as well. It's a matter of they were, they were stressed. They were pulled beyond what they could handle. And they were falling apart. And, Lord, I pray that you help us, Lord, to apply the same principles that you taught them. Lord, to come alongside of you and to live life that way. We pray this in your name. Amen. Now, I don't want to be that cliche where you sit there and say, I'll tell you what, you get stressed out, Jesus is the answer. Is Jesus the answer? Yes, he is. We're not going to deny that. But let me tell you, just to say Jesus is the answer, I've got 66 books that explain how he is the answer. And get I mean, it's too flippant just to sit there and say, Jesus will help you. Jesus will be there. I know he will be. But the whole Bible gives us the description of how he will do those things, what he does, how he steps into our lives and and does these things. It's the application. Here, the Jews were burdened down because of the ceremonial law. The Pharisees put so much on them that they were trying to, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And they were trying to keep up to be good and to be looked upon as being good. And they were worn out. Jesus stepped in there and was like, man, this isn't good. You guys are strung out so much that you, none of you are accomplishing what you should be doing. The Pharisees were constantly reminding them how they had fallen short. And Jesus says to them, life, the life that I have for you is not to be beaten down, strung out, and worn out. It wasn't. The word labor in this passage means to be fatigued or wearied. Uh, if that doesn't apply, I don't know what does. He, Jesus said, "You guys come over here. I, I know what you're doing in this world, and you, you think that this is the right. So come over here, all you that are tired. Well, okay, that's me for sure. And then he said the second word: wearied and heavy laden. You know what that means? Overloaded. Do you know what that means? Oh man, <laughs> I brought two. <laughs> you, you you can't handle anymore." That's exactly, this passage right here, all of you that are exhausted, because when you handle this for so long, you get worn out, and by the way, that hurt, okay? (laughs) So here's what we do. Number one, know your priorities. Know your priorities. Jesus was calling them to him. Jesus was saying, guys, come over here. I want you to stand next to me. Can you show the pictures of the cows? I want you guys to get this. When you get your message, I, I, I want you to get this. So this is the biblical, this was Jesus' illustration. So you're saying, be yoked up with Christ. Back in the Bible days, when they would plow and they would do the work, they didn't have John Deere, this is what they had. And they would take two cows or two animals or two donkeys or whatever, two mules, and they would put them side by side, and that thing that is around their neck is not a torture device, that was a yoke. It would bind them together where they would accomplish the task side by side. So what the Lord was saying is, come into me. You're going to yoke up with me. Literally meaning we're going to do this together. We're going to be partners to the, together. But he said, here's the thing. I want you to learn of me. Take my yoke. Not what the world is giving you. Not what the world says is success. Success. But place it upon your life, what I'm giving you. Because he said, what I'm going to give you, the task, the responsibility, the life that I'm going to give you is light. The burden, that word burden means task or service. God said, what I'm going to give you does not overbear you. It does not push you beyond your limits. It does not cause you to get to the point of being irritable, cussing, and yelling at your family every day. Not what God gives you. So you know what that tells me right off the bat? Being in that situation is a choice because God's over there calling unto you, come unto me. It is a choice. You can either live where you're at and be in this world because life will continue. Your boss will continue to say, I want you to do this extra job. I want you to take this on. We've got to go here. We've got to do this. And the list grows and grows and grows. And it's not going to stop. Because the God of this world, the small g God of this world, will continue to load you up till you are fatigued and exhausted and not doing what God's called you to do. The Pharisees had them going in every direction. Jesus said, I'm here to do the will of my Father, and so are you. Come learn of me. Come alongside me. Let me show you what I'm going to do with you. Let me tell you, we we start with the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment in the Bible, and we have it written all over the church, is to love the Lord thy God with all that heart, soul, mind, and might. That is the greatest commandment in the Bible. The number one priority in your life should be your relationship with God. I know you're saying, well, duh. Let's, let me show you how this all comes together. If we are weak in life because of our relationships with God is weak. A, a lot of people, you, you know, I've seen Christians that, that they just have to get to this part right here. It, it doesn't take an overload of problems in their life. All it takes is one bill. Oh, man, here we go. And they're, I mean, they're all frustrated and falling apart. One, one, one extra job, one problem with the kids, whatever, it doesn't happen. And all of a sudden, in ministry, things are going to come our way. In life, things are going to come our way. Your car is going to break down. I promise you. Brand new cars break down. There's no way to get around it. But all of a sudden, we're falling apart. You know why? Because God is the strength of our life. It's so the reason he said you start with him. We can't handle any problems without our relationship with God. So let me ask you, Christians, how much are you in your Bible? How much have you read this week? If I was to walk up to you, and I, I'm just hitting it down, I'd, I'd scare a lot of people right now. If I just walked up to you and said, stand up, tell me what you're reading. Stand up, tell me what God's doing in your life. T- tell me what did you learn about God this week? What did he do to encourage you this week? Oh, I'm just so busy. Boom, there's the problem. You're too busy. You've gotten your priorities way out of whack. We can binge on Netflix all night long. And I'd have 10 minutes to read our Bibles. 10 minutes to study what God wants him to tell you to your heart and mind of how you're going to get through the next day. You know what the yoke was? The yoke coming along, he said, I've got a whole lot more power than you do that's where those uh, in that picture those two cows they they probably had about equal power but I tell you when you yoke up with God I promise you he's got a whole lot more power to push forward than you do and the reason why he said to learn of me he said you need to know my strength you need to know what I can do you need to know what you can handle secondly is your relationship with your family and the second is like you're to love your neighbor as yourself you're to love others above everything else You you know why I say this Because as a pastor, I see this picture of what the world is, and there's not a much difference when I see it in the church. Families that run themselves to death. And I'm saying, I, I, I love being busy, but there's a limit where we have too much in our lives. Let me tell you, God designed the family. God designed the home. We sit there and, well, it's a good thing. No, it's an important thing. It's a foundational thing. It is a God thing. For you to be with your family. Your kids need you more than they need sports. So my kids love to play sports. Does it come as a sacrifice of your family? Does it come as a sacrifice of them being involved in church? Does it come as a sacrifice of the time that they get to be with mom and dad? If all it is is throw yourself in the backseat of the car. Let's go, go, go. Man, they don't need that. I'm not preaching against sports. I'm preaching about having things in an order that, that, that makes things right in life. We pull ourselves so thin. These things are not bad, but they need to be in the proper order. Hey, dads, your family needs you more than you need to be playing golf. I'm not preaching against playing golf or, or, or going hunting or all the other things that we like to do. But I'm saying, does that take the place where you never on a date night with your wife? You say, why is this? Look at the world of what happens. We have pulled ourselves so thin that even the idea of marriage is under attack today. Because it's become weak. It's not a priority in our lives. Every, every husband in this building right now, I, I ought to come up to you and ask you when the last time that you took your wife out on a date. When's the last time you did something for the gift that God's placed into your life and you say that's not a big deal? No, that's a God thing. Priorities in our lives. See, if you get this part right, it will help you with your job. You've got a motivation, you've got a reason to do what you do. You've got the joy, the blessing that God gives you in return of that. Number three is your service to the Lord. The Bible says set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. A lot of times even what we do in our jobs and our priorities in life, it's, it's to accomplish, to climb the ladder, to get a bigger, job, uh, bigger raise or more possessions or a bigger house or two f- car payments or whatever. I'm not down on those things. But what is the affection of your heart? What is the desire of your heart? Why are we here? Luke 6.38 Give and it shall be given unto you. It didn't say money. I I believe it applies to money. I believe it with all my heart. Give and it shall be given unto you. Here's how. Good measure. pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. For the same measure that you meet with all shall it be measured to you again. You know what God was saying? You take care of my... You take care of my responsibility, I'll take care of your responsibilities. Does this sound like a stress reliever? Good measure. Press down, just put put money, put time, put energy. Good measure. Shaking down, running over. All those things sound good. And you say, man, I'm so exhausted. God says, that's because you're doing your thing and not my thing. And so many, we will we, we'll, we'll sacrifice for the things that we want. And we put God on the back burner. God will never take second place to you. Your sports, your activities, or any other things that you have in your life. He will not take second place. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Let me just, how many of you can testify to this right now? You can testify God is good when you give. Your time, energy, money, whatever. God is good. God is faithful. God takes care of us. I so, said, man, I'm just running behind all the time. And God says, yeah, that's because you've robbed me of your time. You, you put everything else first. What's your priority in your life? I've been working on my house. Um, I got it all done, but my chimney. My chimney is about 35 feet tall. And uh, I got this picture. So I, I got this, and I put a ladder up to the top of my chimney. And I could not reach the top of it with a 32 foot, I could not even get there. And on my chimney, you're, you're not going to believe this, but the builder went really cheap. And the ladder was like twisting back and forth when I got up there because it, I think it's just foam on the other side. I don't know, but it scared me to death. So I got down. So here I'm in the house and I'm like, Jen, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get the top of the chimney i said i've got the whole house done except this thing is sticking out like a like a beacon to the whole neighborhood unpainted rusting at the top the whole thing at the top is rusting out i couldn't get the top the 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 j channel was falling off i couldn't touch it i couldn't reach it i was dumb i actually tried to crawl from the roof on top and hang over i stopped that but i was desperate and i was stressing over i was trying to figure out how am i going to do this Well, I had this weekend that I was going to go work on it, and then I had a funeral that I had to do, and my my whole day changed and everything. But you know what? The thing is, God's like, you take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. And so I had to move it to the following Friday when I was going to try to paint the top of this chimney so I could be done with this project before winter. My neighbor comes over that week, and he said, I got a job cutting down a tree. I've got this lift that I'm renting. He said, when I'm done, you can have it for free. I got in that thing, had a little remote, went right up to the top. Everybody was like, Pastor Tony, be careful. That was the safest thing I've done out of all my ideas. (laughs) Trust me. And here I'm in this so many hundred dollar lift going up to the top of this, going all over my chimney with this little remote control. You know why? God is good. He said, well, that's a dumb illustration. Not a dumb illustration. That's God's provision right there. Amen. I didn't look for it. I didn't ask for it. I don't go seeking for it. I didn't even pay for it. We have no idea when the Bible says, you seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. You skip that and we're striving, we're trying, we're doing all these things. Hey, I, I, I'm not ashamed. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm a firm believer in giving to God's work. I'm a firm believer in missions. I'm a firm believer. You cannot outgive God, I promise you. I learned that as a child. Me and my wife love to give. We love to be part of this ministry. We love to sacrifice. But a lot of you are stressed out today because you've ripped off God in your time, your talents, and your treasures. You can't. You cannot. And all of a sudden, you're bearing it alone and God's saying, how's that working out for you? Let me kick in. Put me first. Put your priorities in order. Let, let it be right in everything. This is not a health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. This, this is trust and obey. That's, that's what this is. It, 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 it's given. It shall be given unto you. It's promises of God. It's just what he said he would do. Try me, he said i tell you what, a lot of the stress that we deal in life is self-inflicted. It's self-inflicted. Everything that I'm telling you, it's right here. God says, this is how you do it to avoid this. Come learn of me. Come, let let me show you. My yoke is easy. My burden, my, my responsibility, my job, my vision for you, it's light. Why are you stressing? And then, responsibility comes your job. It's, and these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first. The things that I've given, your family, your life, the service of God, building the kingdom of God, these things. The Bible says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Do you know what that is? That's a stress reliever. God said, I've already, I've got it worked out. I've figured it out. Don't worry about it. Dealing with stress. Number one. Know your priorities. Number two, write this down. On your arm, on your forehead, at the top of your calendar, learn to say no. Do you know why we are people pleasers? We are people pleasers. He said, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And I looked that up, and he was saying, I'll tell you what, my desire for you Is gentle and kindness and love towards you. I am meek and lowly in heart. The the humbleness. God said, I'm not going to put more on you than you can handle. But I put more on me than I can handle. Do you guys get that? God will not take me beyond this point. But I do all the time. And I've got certain things that God wants me to do. There's certain times that during VBS and, you know, the getting ready for a mission trip or whatever, it's like, oh man, I've got to get this, get this. And God said, that's all right, I'm, I'm in this with you. You didn't get your priorities out of whack. I know what you're doing. I, I'm alongside of you. It's okay. But then on top of that, somebody come up, hey, you want to... And I should have said no. The Bible says you'll find rest. God will not put more on us that we can handle. See... You can't spend time with your family, your spouse, if you're always booked up. You can't do the service of God. You can't do the things that God wants us to do. Let me just tell you guys, as Christians, as my brothers and sisters, you can't go to every party. You can't do every event. You can't do everything we put on the church calendar. This morning we put out the the, the calendar, the going through November, December, and January. There's a lot in that through through the the seasons, uh, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, beginning of the year, all those other things. Don't sit there and fill your calendar up with it. Some of you need not to do everything on there. And some of you need to add a whole lot of that stuff on there. But you can't do everything. I'm saying this to your pastor because I, I get invitations all the time. And I have the party and this and that and everything. And I, and I was like, Jen, it's my responsibility. I need to say yes. I need to be there. And then God says, I'll tell you what, are you, are you giving up every day off to do something? What about your kids and your wife and your kids? That I gave those to you. That's a responsibility. I love doing stuff, but at some point, all of us have got to learn to say no. If we don't, you get to that breaking point where we bust. Moses was here. He was, he was that stretched out. And Jethro, his father-in-law, walked up to him and he said, What are you doing? He said, Well, I, I have the people come before me and I do all these things. And Jethro said, the thing that thou you're, you're doing is not good. You're going to wear out and it's not good for your people. It's not good. Guys, not everything that we do is bad. But the way that Paul said it, 1 Corinthians 6-12, let me read these verses. All things are lawful for me. He said, there are some things that just does not go against God. But all things are not expedient, proper, good, edifying for me. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. There are some things that just capture you, pull you down, and pull you away to where you are so stressed out. Even in your job, when it comes against and it pulls you out of church, and I want that overtime. Well, I really need the overtime. And all of a sudden, you stretch yourself so thin. Was the overtime worth it? When your kids grow up and you're not there, and you say, well, we've got to pay the bills. My God shall supply all your need. I'm not saying to overlook opportunities, but I'm saying make sure that you don't overlook those opportunities and step over your family, your God, your relationship with other people, the things that God has given to us that are important. Because when you do, you stress yourself out in ways that you should not. 1 Corinthians 10.23, he says it again, All things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for you, but all things edify or build not. Not everything is the best thing for me to do. Not everything puts me ahead. If we are following God and the Spirit of God, we have our priorities in order, then God will work out these things. And you say, well, what about that person? If you don't do it, nobody else will do it. I've got to tell people all the time. I've got to tell my staff and these guys, well, I've got to do this. How are you doing that? I don't know. I don't even have the time to do that. Then you, know, you need to not do that. We, we add to our lives, to where we pull away from the things that matter. And here's the last thing, and I'll tell you, this is the most important thing. The last thing is to rely on God's power. When you submit to God's way, when you come alongside of God, the whole illustration, can you, can you bring up our cows again? If you guys mind bringing up our cows? Don't, don't laugh at this, because I promise you this was God's illustration. You, you can imagine... As they get in there and all of a sudden they would get, those cows would be plowing the field and they would be doing the things that they do to drive them forward. And they would hit a spot that was tough, a rock or a root or whatever. That's when both of them would kick in at the same time and bear up what the other one could not do. You see, in our life as God has given us a mission, I promise you it's going to be filled with ups and downs and complications and problems and conflicts. But God said, let me tell you, when you get to those things, I'm going to be there with you. I can't imagine facing life. I can't imagine facing problems or job or whatever alone. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. The the idea is that you're not facing it alone. And the thing is, when we even do all these things together, it doesn't mean that you won't be stressed. The Bible says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I can have my priorities in order... I can sit there and, and be saying no and have my schedule there and still be pulled to where I allow things to stress me that don't need to stress me. Because we battle with our minds. Every one of you battle with your minds. What if? I don't know. Honey, what if we don't have, what, what, what if we our minds just go in every direction to the point where we're stressed out of things we don't even need to stress about? First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Do you know what that is? And sometimes you've got to let him bear up when you can't. You you have to trust what he said. That word care is the weight or the challenges in life. You've got to cast or let go. There's just some things you can't fix. You you can't change those kids. You can't fix your spouse. You can't fix your health problems. You, You can't. That confrontation that you have to deal with at work or home or church or wherever it is. And you just say, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And we get all stressed out about it. And God said, hey, I'm here too. You know what I love about God? God the, the Bible talks about how God goes before us. And God works these things out. And God gives us wisdom. And God gives us peace. And God gives us ideas. And God calms the situation. Can I close with how we started? Here they are. On that sea. And they wake up Jesus. Stretched. I mean to the max there's nothing more we, we've bailed at all the water the boat is filled the storm is beating on us Lord, we, there's nothing we can do you know what the Lord did the Lord took control of the situation God desires to take care and take control of our situation 1 Peter 5 7 for he careth for you casting all your care upon him why for he careth for you I can't tell you guys the joy, the joy, you know, this is not going to make sense to you, the joy that I have to have my kids come alongside me and just say, Dad, I'm working on this and journal with this bike or the kids doing something or a project or whatever and they can't do and just say, Dad, I can't. And they just say, Dad, and they take that project, that bike, that tire, whatever it is and say, can you? Yes. I love it. Cast, cast that problem on me because I can handle it. And all of a sudden, I promise you, when you get in, and you're laying in bed and your mind is racing in every direction, you lay there and just say, God, stop. I, I need you. Lord, I can't, I can't control this. I don't know if they're going to lay me off or not. Lord, I, I don't know if I'm going to get that Christmas bonus that I'm supposed to get or if they're going to have to cut back and cut it or not. I don't know. Well I don't know if they're going to raise my rent because I've got to fix it. I don't know. But Lord, I know this. You care for me, so I give it to you. And Lord, help me to go to sleep tonight. You call my mind. You're already there. My God shall supply all my need. He cares for you. Casting it is to take it off of your chest and your heart. And you say, God, I give it to you, but tonight I need to sleep. There there is no perfect answer to this because every person that I'm staring at right now has a different problem. A different life. A different schedule. But more of the same is not going to fix anything. I'd I, I meet with your family and say, Honey, we need a, Hey, we're supposed to go. I'll tell you what. I, I'd rather that be a family night. I, I think we should do this. Or do, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying to cut out everything. Man, we need fellowship. I love it. Some of the best times that I have in my life is hanging out with you guys. I love it. But just know where that point is. Because God needs us to run the race, not drag through it. Not be so miserable where people don't want to get around us because we're so strung out or stressed out or however you want to put it.